sweat the technique. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. So, 6761, guy behind the glass, his name's Joe, he's our queen bee. He lives a bubble boy lifestyle. You have to try and retain a once-in-generation uh, talent. If you miss, you miss. That's a risk you have to take. Life isn't riskless and neither is business. It's so easy to say, just trade him. I understand it. I understand it. Six seven six one. I agree with you. I agree with you. Six seven six one. Uh, Joe George is a bubble boy. What is? I don't. Okay. Do you ever, you ever watch Seinfeld? No. Bubble boys like you live in your own bubble and well, sheltered the, lifestyle. Yeah, sheltered. Oh. You don't really have a good grasp for reality hmm. and life. And hmm. Seinfeld bubble boy was like he had a condition where he couldn't you know be out because of germs and things like oh, that. Okay. But uh, you're not I alone. Mean, you are Joe. kind of in a bubble in that studio. That's though. probably true. Yeah. I'm in my own little bubble. You in have here. glass on three. Can you you can't see out the door? No. So you have glass on three sides. Three of, of your the four bubble. sides. Sure. I think it's a fair thing to. Uh, I have another cam- way. I have a camera watching me at all times. You know what? You know what else Bubble Boy is? It's a bee. So whenever I don't feel like calling you a queen bee for you to be in doctrine I don't as really, a killer bee, we're gonna uh, call you a Bubble Boy. Uh, bubble pat- Boy Joe George. I don't love that one. <laughs> You're good with Queen Bee. We got Queen Bee. You're good with Stump King. Bubble Boy, <laughs> Stumpy. But you don't like Bumble Boy. Bumble Boy. Uh, Stump King kind of has gone away. Sl- now it's just Slumpy, Stumpy. Stump King went away. Well, it's not in the intro anymore, so now it's just stump. You took oh, it out? Really? I didn't take it out. Now it just says stump 20 times. Well, it sounds times. like you've been like, uh, like kind of fired. <laughs> it feels like you've been delegated. It's like I get bullied. Like you just got the king taken out of your name. Now you're just stump instead of stump king? Yeah. Huh. Text line is salty, Joe. You're not the only one. I get, I, I'm, I love I'm getting line. name called by Biscuits and Gravy and Channel View and... You know, and I'm an idiot too. So you I know, know it, it, you well, know when you when Grandma raises the rent and takes a hot meal away, and and your basement, you know, apartment is is shrinking. You, you got to take it out on somebody. So what did you call him biscuits and gravy? Biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> he's down in there. He, he's in Channel View taking shots at me. Bring it, baby. Has anybody taken a shot at me yet? No, he's all. That's why I say he must be one of your buddies because he's taking shots at me all day. I don't think I know anybody in Channel View. Well, now you do. But um, you got a fan anyway. More fans, the better. Sure. Oh, boy. Joe, I just realized you took two of my Bad Take Boulevards, but whatever. All right, what do you six. mean? What did I do? <laughs> we'll talk about it during the break. How did I, how did I, take, two your, how did I take two Bad Take Boulevards? Just look. Just look around. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. We have plenty on Bad Take Boulevard this week. Many people made the list. Are you ready for the pick six and the extra point? Always. What Branham learned at Texans training camp. All the important stuff. I overheard some things from Hannah McNair, but I'm not going to talk about that because they might take away my credential. Uh, they might take away my credential for this one, which, by the way, is still very hot today. And we weren't in the bubble. I want to be the bubble boy. Um, Laramie, t- they might take away my credential, Joe. I'm sorry in advance if you hear from the people at the Texans for oh, no. for, for saying this because oh, no. I haven't seen anybody tweet this. I haven't seen anybody talk about it. I'm not sure many people actually noticed this. And I do think it's very minor. But, but... Henry Tunsil was on the training table today. Oh boy, <laughs> that's something we need to start camp with. No one is tweeted about it. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'm at liberty to say this, but they're probably listening to Highway to Hell. Anyways, um, Laramie Tunsil was on the training table today. Did you see why? Yep, left ankle. Oh boy. Yep. Now here's the good news, and it, it is very, very minor. Now they took off his shoe. They took a look at it. Nick Casario even came over and like, hey, you good, big boy? You good? Seventy-two million dollar man, whatever he signed for. Now, he did go back and play. Now, he was walking oh, with that's a, good. Well, I don't know if it was good. 
Like, I don't want my high-priced left this tackle who's walking with a, a limp. This is going into a six-run game. It's day two of Texans training camp. And look, I understand why Laramie Tunsil did it. Like, he doesn't want to... Like, Laramie Tunsil hears the noise about him. He gets paid, and then he shuts it down. Laramie Tunsil doesn't want to be known like that. I understand it. So I understand why Laramie Tunsil, on a very, 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 very mild ankle sprain, left ankle sprain, uh, tried to go back and play a few snaps. But if, if you're the head trainer of the Houston Texans, why are you letting Laramie, Trun- uh, Laramie Tunsil on a minor, minor ankle sprain take snaps? And stay two of Texans training camp. Yeah, that's, no, a, look, that's a loss. You're probably you're, you're you are right. Okay, he shouldn't be going back out there. It's also one of those things where if he says it's nothing and wants to go back out there, he's your left tackle. He is your rock on that offensive line. You're trying to build continuity with every practice, so it's you know it is what it is. Yeah, I wouldn't have put him back out there. I understand why Laramie wanted to go back out there. I wouldn't have let him back out there. And I, again, I don't. I think it's very minor. Wouldn't surprise me if he's held out of practice tomorrow, though. It's training camp. It just means so little to me. That's why you don't put him back out yeah. there. Because the only, honestly, like, the only thing I really that matters the most at this point is those joint practices. I can't wait for those. Like versus the Dolphins, is that here? I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but like that, that's going to be the big one. Because while like seeing what CJ Stroud. I mean, whatever. Davis might be out there too. I don't care. But like what he'll do against maybe Jalen Ramsey, you know, Xavier Howard, like what the Dolphins have on defense and Vic Fangio is going to be really interesting because that's like there's a lot of talent on the on the Dolphins squad. So that's what matters the most is just being healthy for that because that's what you're going to get the most eh, out of it. I mean, you these, these I days mean, are these days are important. Well, I guess they have they, to learn a new offense. Still. Yeah, these days are and defense. That's true. These days are important. Like they they do matter. Are they? Like, super entertaining? No. No, they're not. But for them, it matters a great deal. And there's things that happen that are fun to talk about. Uh, Like the second thing on my list, the defense is ahead of the offense, which really shouldn't come as a surprise because I think there's more defensive talent on this team than offensive talent on this team. And you have Davis Mills and a rookie quarterback with rookie quarterback. Like, you really shouldn't be, you know, all, you you know, clicking on all cylinders, first-year OC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't, this isn't like I'm ringing the alarm bells. I just think the defense has a chance to be, let me see how I want to phrase this. The defense, I believe, in 2023 will be better than the offense in 2023. I agree with that. I, I, I'm ready to say that after two days of that. Texans training. I mean, I agree with that because if for no other reason with a rookie quarterback, the, the, you know, the, the track record says it's not going to go well. And you're trying to build a whole bunch of continuity with a first-time quarterback I mean a franchise quarterback in his first year and with a first-time offensive coordinator and you're trying to put it all together and as much as there's going to be a ton of best efforts provided and a lot of people with great intentions and smart football minds and abilities it's going to take some time and so you're taking a defensive-minded head coach you're letting him now as we understand it call plays you continue to add pieces on the defensive side of the football and it's easier to have continuity and get results because you don't rely on on that side of the ball like you do on a quarterback on the offensive side to where the the defense should be a a step or two above the offense this year, I think. And I think there's more talent on that side of the ball specifically. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are in year two. Like Derek Stingley, year two. Jalen Petrie, year two. Uh, you signed Jimmy Ward. Christian Harris, year two. You spent some money on Perryman. So, the, like Malik Collins. Sheldon Rankins isn't practicing right now, but Sheldon Rankins. You drafted with the number three pick, Will Anderson. So, that's kind of your equivalent for Stroud. So, I think the defense should be ahead of the offense, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, they're easing Stroud into things with the twos. We'll get into more of that a little bit later. A lot of football left to play. Uh, training camp, preseason, inter- like the, the intra-squads, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, what I can tell, though, with the way they're lining up, Perryman's your starting middle linebacker. I know there's been some like thought, well, is Kirksey going to hold him off for the job? Nope. 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 Perryman's going to be your starting middle linebacker. I think Kirksey, though, is going to be your third linebacker. I think he's going to be in on 4-3 formations opposite of Christian Harris being outside linebacker, but he'll be off the field in nickel. There's been some talk, are they going to cut Kirksey? I don't see it. I think Kirksey's one of your starters in a 4-3, but he'll come off the field in nickel packages. Um, something else I noticed with your safeties? Jimmy Ward's going to be in the box safety because I think D'Amico Ryans is going to fake fronts and show lots of different things to try to confuse opposing offenses. And Jalen Petrie, we know, can like do everything. He's got he's a hard hitter. He's a really good tackler. Blah blah. Well, missed a lot of tackles last year, despite having tons of tackles on the year. They're going to use Ward as more of the in the box safety, and Jalen's going to be more of your free safety. Like Jalen's going to be the over the top guy. Do you think Jimmy Ward's going to be like? I know it doesn't matter. Ed Reed. But Jimmy Ward is the, I believe he's the second highest rated player in Madden for the oh, Texans this year. Now Jalen Petrie might think that's important. Is is Jimmy Ward that good still? Like where he should be like the highest rated player on your defense? Let me think about this. Like he's not the best player on the defense. I would have Jalen Petrie as a better player than Jimmy Ward. I would have Perryman as a better player than Jimmy Ward. Sure. I would have Christian Harris. That's three. Kirksey, no. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, yes. Pretty quickly. Malik I Collins, think, yes. I Will think, Anderson, yes. Yeah, I'd say pretty quickly Will Anderson just because he hasn't played yet. But did I'd we say, say Will Stingley? Anderson. No, we did not I yet. think Steven Nelson might be a better corner than Jimmy Ward as a safety at this stage of his career. Sure. I think Jimmy Ward's a bottom half starter on the defense. It, it feels like he's Safely more, say that. He's more there to help translate the new defense to yeah. all the new guys that he brought Look, with with D'Amico. I don't think he's full at Reed. Like, he still has some in the tank. But Jimmy Ward's a far cry from what he used to be in San Francisco. Yeah. Like I, if Jimmy Ward is a starter on the Houston Texans next year, I'd be surprised. You think they'll like like they'll upgrade at safety? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I think I mean I think Jimmy Ward is here to help Petrie help install the defense. I don't think Jimmy Ward's gonna have enough left in the tank to be your starter in two years. Yeah, it'd be interesting like to see like what they how they'll attack that. But Jimmy Ward, like, he's gonna be a solid player and an important player for this defense. But if this defense is better than the offense, like you said, Jeremy, I don't. I just don't think Jeremy Jimmy Ward's one that's carrying that. No, I don't think so either. I think he's a good piece. I don't think he's one of your best defensive players. Uh, Cal- don't you believe that he's a security blanket for D'Amico? Part of the reason you brought him in is he's a security blanket. That's what he said. Yeah, but but I'm saying you have to believe that, right? Whether he's on the downside or not, it's kind of like with the Kirksey point, though. The Kirksey point to me, I've watched him play for the Packers. I watched him play for the Texans. Yeah. I think not only is he on the downside, I don't think that. I, when at the when the year ended last year, I didn't feel like he was going to be a part of this team next year, nor should he be. Now you hear people talking, and it's not just James Palmer talk, calling him a star. It's other people still relying on him and thinking about him as a valuable guy that can contribute to this team. He's an afterthought to me, especially think, with everything else you're trying to do and the people you've brought in at linebacker. See, I think he can be a little better this year because he's not going to be as prominent a role. I see like... People are saying he's going to get cut. No, I think he's your backup middle linebacker. I think he's one of your starting outside linebackers when you play a 4-3, and then he's a bench guy. Like I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he should be a prominent member of this team. And quite frankly, I don't think he's going to be a prominent member of this team. But I don't think he's going to be cut. It's going to come somewhere in between. Uh, Cal McNair was out there in his, his Cal McNair golf cart again today. I love Cal McNair to hit so ride. much. I, I almost I thought about I thought about sticking the thumb yeah, up. Like, Cal, let's hang out. Let's have a good time. I got some gentle Ben in the car. Uh, it's unopened though. Uh, Cal got onto Jonathan Joseph for not running around today. Jonathan Joseph, one of the uh, I guess assistant position coaches or whatever. Cal McNair was getting onto Jonathan Joseph. He said, "Do not walk on this practice field." Okay. Cal McNair, he's, he's ruling with an iron the fist. The authority of now, the was, Houston Texans. He was choking a little bit. come on over after yeah. practice and grab a burger? Yeah. Maybe. 
Maybe. He didn't have the grill fired up today? I don't really know. Not today. I don't really know. Fans what will be that. out there tomorrow, though. I was going to say, when, does, when is the fans. first fans practice? Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. You're going to be join, join me? No. I'll pick you up on the way. Oh, will you? Uh, probably not. Probably I not. feel like that's on the way for you, Jeremy. Yeah, it's on not. a side note. I'll pick you up off the way. Yeah. That's like really <laughs> off the way, actually. I, yeah. So, Jonathan Joseph was brought in with the. It's like what, a, one of the, the coaching word. initiatives that they do. Yeah, I can't remember the word of it. In, in the NFL. Interesting name, like when I saw it. Yeah, because you have I, a bunch of no names and then so Jonathan it's not, Joseph. It's not like, uh, what was the name for it normally when an ex-player is trying to get in and they create the, I forget the, the title of it. It's like a part, it's like a... Um, Emeritus? No. Uh, they did it with an ex-Texan with the Packers a couple of years ago, too, where when you get your foot in the door, you're getting paid. It's the, uh, it's the Houston Texans, it's the 2023 Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching yeah, the and Nun Wooten scouting. Oh, this fellows. is an actual side program. Yeah, this is a program that the quality NFL control. is implementing. Um, oh, quality control. A lot coach. of time they do a quality control assistant. That's like the entry level position. Yeah, you're paid. You're not an intern, but you're basically getting your foot in the door to learn how to coach in the NFL. Yeah, I can just put Jonathan Joseph as a normal coach. I'm fine with that. Road next, I'm, not, I'm, I'm okay with it too. He, I sat next to a J. Joe on a airplane ride back from Orlando once. Triple zero two, cool cat cow with or without the ponytail, or is it a mullet? He was wearing a hat. I couldn't tell. He has a ponytail. I think he's joking. The texter. I could see him. I could literally see him trying to pull one off. Uh, hey, if he gets a man and I, bun, and that's I cool can see Hannah encouraging it. I wouldn't mind a man bun. I'm the owner. Uh, um, Kenyon Green getting first team reps. Good. He was. There was four teams. He, has he to. better. There be. was yeah, four team periods. Yesterday they just held him out. Like he wasn't doing any of the live stuff. Today he did half of the live stuff. And whenever Progress. he was doing half of the live stuff, he was running with the one. So that's that's encouraging. And then the special teams, the extra point here, the punting machine had an incredible day. Oh, really? Oh, it was so good. The punting machine, the perfect hang time, 60 yards down the field. The punting machine was excellent. If I gave today. you 10 of those, how many would you catch? 10. You go 10 for Jeremy. Come on. Absolutely. I have the best hands in radio. There's, there's no chance. I would catch all 10. No. Absolutely. There's, there's no way you, you know where you it's going every 10. time. You can just stand there and wait for it, and it's a perfect spiral every time. I bet you we can do this. Let's do it. All right, let's call the Cougs. All right, let's Jeremy. Can Jeremy go ten for ten? I'll with ring the up Cougs. Dana right now. You're, you're going to blame the Cougs punting machine if it doesn't work. Well, I saw what the Texans punting machine did today, and that Texans punting machine today was elite. Yeah. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Anything you want to know from Texans training camp? How about Sean Payton crushing? Blanker's favorite offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, with what happened last year with the Broncos. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. AR Platinum, I have a pitching machine that guns 100-mile-per-hour fastballs if you need it for some bits. Throws curves, too. I couldn't see a curveball right now. Uh, AR Platinum, what are you doing with a pitching machine that throws 100-mile-per-hour fastballs and also will drop in a few curves, too? Why do you own that thing, AR Platinum? Because he can do it. If you can, I know why he not? Can, but why? It's like some people have six cars. You don't have to have six cars, but you can, so like, you do. I get like living in the lap of luxury, and like you know, if that's your thing, or you got an aspiring baseball player kid, and you want to get does, ready I don't, for. I don't think potential. AR Platinum does. 
I can't. He has kids. Okay. I went to school with AR Platinum. So he's got badass hair too. He's got massive amounts of like fro hair when yeah. he buffs it out. You like that? I just he's a good dude. He's a, he's a loyal listener too. You yes, I agree. But, but I never like his one hair. Day, yeah, because one day he <laughs> just decided to like put it out there on social media, and he had a massive fro. And I was like, "Whoa, didn't see that coming." That's pretty impressive. You I know. wish I had that much hair. Congratulations, AR Platinum. He he had some YouTube milestone that he hit the other day. He gets people in the in the like hundreds of thousands to watch him scratch off lottery tickets. Good gig if you it's can amazing. get it. Amazing. Good gig if you can get it. Uh, Sean Payton, did you see what he had to say about Nathaniel Hackett in last year's Broncos? Yeah, he was. Um, he was pretty pointed in his comments. Yeah. Took some that. shots, and he didn't, he didn't hold back. Dude, here's, here's a hot take that I have. This is my hot take reaction to what Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett. A year working in media, television, and having hot takes, if Sean Payton didn't have that, he's not saying this type of stuff. But because he worked in the entertainment industry for a year, he's not holding back. He's not going to bite his tongue. He's going to come out and flat out say it. Well... I don't know that I would say that. He never did this in New Orleans. I think because he got the amount of money that he got and the guarantee that he, he got with the amount of contract that he screw got. Screw you money. Yeah, he sure. basically can just do that. He can basically just say, don't care what you – I can say whatever the hell I want, and I'm going to go bash the president, the former general manager, the, the head, the former coach. I'm going to bash whoever I want, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, you're right. He does have screw you money. Uh, Sean Payton definitely has screw you money. But here's a couple of things that Sean Payton had to say today. Um – Everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. And look, I don't think Sean Payton's like terribly wrong. Like we might argue Nathaniel Hackett and like Dave Campo. We could throw David Cully into the mix of like the worst single season head coaching careers in NFL history. So Sean Payton's not necessarily wrong. But this is kind of a Bush League thing to do when you're in the coaching business and you crush another coach who is still in the coaching business. Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator for the Jets, usually coaches his profession of coaches, usually take care of the other coaches, not bury them like Sean Payton did to Nathaniel Hackett. Well, look at the, the exact opposite of this would be Van Gundy. Van Gundy always protects every coach in the business. And when his name comes up in a rumor and the coach still has his job and hasn't been fired, he does everything in his power to completely you know, downplay it, deflect it, and protect the guy whose name is still on the head coaching seat. And, and, and yet you got Sean Payton that basically doesn't give a rat's ass and says, I'm spraying bullets. I'm saying whatever I feel. And you know what he's doing in the meantime, too, as part of this? Uh-huh. He's showing the utmost, I've got your back to Russell Wilson. He's basically setting Russ up for... You don't have to worry about anything with me, man. I, I'm, I'm going to resurrect your season and maybe the rest of your career, and we're doing it together, and I got you. I, I think, think part I, of it is that for sure. I think this is a message to Russ and the other guys of just like, you guys got away. It's almost like the John Wall comments oh. where the stuff you got away with. Sean Payton's first press conference, he was asked about Russell Wilson's personal coach being in the building, and Sean Payton said that's not happening. He, he got rid of Russell Wilson's personal office. That was apparently an open-door policy for all the other players. Like, Sean Payton's getting rid of all of that. I think basically what Sean Payton is saying is, Nathaniel Hackett, you're a joke, yeah. and you let this bad quarterback run this franchise for a year. I don't know if he thinks he's a the, bad quarterback, though. I don't think so. I think, I think that Sean Payton, I think a lot of what you said is absolutely true. He's trying to change the culture. I think also he's trying to take a little bit. What they, how many games did they win last year? Four, five, five, yeah. five games? or so i think he's trying to take 
the blame off the player some. Like, you had this terrible 2022 season. The 2022 season for the Broncos is stained. And look, Nathaniel Hackett, a big reason for that. But a lot of the players that were on that team are back this year as well. I think a big part of this is Sean Payton trying to take the stain off of his players, Russell Wilson included, and put it directly on the person who's no no longer in the building. Yeah, also in the meantime saying this is why they brought me in because I'm I'm able to get the most out of my players and I'll be able to get things out of these guys that those guys clearly could not. Yeah, but do you want your players now that that's the only question they're answering for the next three weeks? It kind of takes it it off of you. It does. It It completely deflects. But like Russell Wilson now it's has an OG to be, move. You just but Russell Wilson deflect. now has to be asked. Do you agree with Sean Payton's comments? That's, well, that's easy answer though. We're worried about 2023 yeah. and being yeah, a better player true. tomorrow. I, I think I don't think it puts any pressure and, on the and players. And it won't make the media go away, Joe. To your point, they're still going to keep asking. But at the same time, Russ is not going to be talking about how bad he was last year and how bad you know the offense was. His and all the mistakes and the he coach made. And, yeah, all yeah. of them. So the Broncos play the Jets in Week 5 this year. Uh, Sean Payton also took more shots at the Jets, saying the only winning they're going to have is in the offseason. Uh, we're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch Hard Knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Uh, Robert Sala met with the media today. He said, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping, so hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right if you got to talk about us when we don't play you until week five. What's the beef here? What's the beef with Sean Payton and, and the Jets? Like, were they trying to were they trying to get Rodgers to Denver? Like, that wasn't the case. You know what he's, well, they, that was a year ago. You, but you know what they're doing? They're basically trying to get attention on the Broncos when no one cares. But, like, you don't need attention, though. It's the NFL. But It, it feels like there's some beef here. Like, it feels like there's beef here that we're missing. Yeah. The, where's the beef? 713 780 Does Sean Payton want the Jets job? Well, it Maybe. wasn't open. It wasn't open. Maybe Maybe was there. Right, but Sean Payton, was, Sean Payton was like linked to every job even before this There's no this way Woody Johnson season. would have cut, cut Robert Sala. No, 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 but when Robert Sala took the job, stealing him from the Saints. Oh, oh. Like, I mean, Sean Payton was flirting for the Cowboys with, for years. Like, Sean Payton was wanting to leave the Saints for years. So maybe Sean Payton wanted the Jets job whenever it went to Robert Sala. Maybe. I just don't think it would be worthy of these kind of comments. Yeah, he is really firing it up. There's something. There's Something's something that's just like is is missing that we don't he know. He might be tired of Aaron Rodgers' shtick too. But what you can easily ignore that. Like if you're an NFL head coach, you should be closing the you know, everything off. Well, but like you said, if you spent an, a year in broadcasting you knew that every every national outlet was gonna force feed you Aaron Rodgers content. And he looked like a prima donna. So weird. I mean, he knew Drew Brees <laughs> wouldn't do those kind of things, and maybe it pissed him off. This is so weird to me. Yeah, it's, it seems very unprovoked. And, and I get the idea of it. Yeah, he's taking you know some, some heat off the players for last year and how much of a joke the Broncos were. But it just seems really unnecessary. Yeah, like I can understand like the Nathaniel Hackett part of it. But then like, oh, the Jets are going to be awful. Like, that's Why? What, what are you doing? Like, what's the point behind that? Like, is D'Amico next? No. Like, is he going to be like, D'Amico, no. the Texans, bad hire, should never have oh, made it. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant, is D'Amico going to go sound off on somebody? D'Amico might be the last guy that would sound off on somebody. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line. Bad Take <laughs> Boulevard coming up next. Who made the list? The worst takes of the week. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Uh, 7308, I was listening to Rome on 610 during Driver's Head in 1995. 
Ron's been around for a while, so he I guess was, he was he was it for a while in sports radio. People didn't oh, want to miss Romy and the the whole have a take, don't shit. suck. Yeah, uh, what did he call clones? Clones, clones. I loved Rome. I and mean, what, I, I what, what were Rome. the listeners all called as a whole besides clones? Wasn't there like they would call them the jungle? The jungle. There you go. Yeah, and they, people would call in, have a vine. All, like, jungle all that stops stuff. were massive. Oh yeah, he was mad. He was huge. At Minute Maid, Elk hit uh, Steve Elkington was hitting driver off of the deck out in the outfield. Or Jim Rome, the Tiger Woods of sports radio. Did I interviewed for a job on that show? Yeah, and they were like, you need to send in writing samples, and I was like, for yeah. what? Yep, and they're like he, oh. you, his producers write his show, yeah. and I was like, oh, hold up, like you, uh, it blew, it changed my whole perspective. He doesn't do, a, yeah, he his takes were written by other people. Who yeah. was the guy that worked down the on Travis, the, Travis, Rogers, Travis, Travis Rogers. Rogers? Yeah, someone T-Rodge. was talking about this yeah. on the air the other day. Might have been John and Lance. I think it was might have been Lance, where he was totally amazed that Travis Rogers wrote every single. Like word for word scripts for Jim Rome. Yeah, I I was yep. like, guys, I can't write that well, so I'm not your guy. <laughs> not gonna be able to do. It. <laughs> I'm not a fit. Yeah, King of Twitch, Mike Edmonds, Kenny Hand did shows. Kenny Hand for sure. Yeah. LZ would be on for segments. Then John and Lance got a show in '95, '96, I think. Tom Franklin. Gels- Tom Franklin did Tom work. Franklin on was on 740, and yeah. he was the voice of the Oilers yep. and the Cougars yep. for and a little Russ while. Small. Russ yeah. Small was the sports director, and then he had a show as well sometimes. I have a picture of Tom Franklin in my phone. 713-780-ESPN. Oh, listener line. <laughs> 713-780-3776. Colorado is joining the Big 12. Uh, Colorado, reportedly, I have to say this, I have to say reportedly. Uh, but I it looks they like officially the voted done. it through last night. Yeah, but there's still, like, still I's that need to be dotted gotcha. and T's that need to be crossed. But it looks like Colorado is joining the Big 12. Uh, so now the Big 12 is at 13 teams. There's rumors of other teams, like UConn's been rumored. Uh, there's rumors of perhaps another coast. I interviewed Brett Yormach, the commissioner of the Big 12, on Kook's Corner podcast that I do for U of H. He, he flat out said, and he said this multiple times, he hasn't said it just to me, that he wants to be in all four time zones. So there's still more to come for the Big 12. Colorado is not adding a time zone because you already had BYU. So there's still more the Big 12, I believe, is cooking on, I think. That's just my opinion. Um, what do you think of the move for the Big 12, Colorado joining, potentially more? We'll start there. Uh, I think that they're trying to do what they have to do to stay as competitive as possible. It's going to be interesting who they continue to add. Um, you know, I think they need a, I think they're, they're looking for a big fish. Is UConn enough for them? I see. I think they want UConn for two reasons. Basketball? One, the Northeast market, and, and two, yes, basketball. Because your mark believes, your mark believes that there's a huge hole in the, the college basketball game, and he wants to sell football and basketball when this contract is done a la carte. He wants to sell football independently mm-hmm. to the networks. He wants to, se- he wants to sell basketball is, independently to the networks. Is this a bargaining chip that Oregon loves? Because now... I don't... See, Oregon's is interesting to me because I don't know if Oregon's looking for, like, Big Ten or if they're looking... See, but I'm saying it's a yeah. bargaining chip because now if you get two conferences after you, now you can, you can really take your pick and try and, you know, get whatever you can, the, the best deal for you possible... Because I think the Big Ten would love to add Oregon. See, I think if they did, though, they would have done it. Like, well, what's holding them but back? But they already added SC and, and UCLA. Right. But why not do it in one big swoop? That way UCLA and USC have teams to play on this side of the country. I, I think, feel like they would have already done it. I think they were worried about how many teams they were adding and, and trying to figure out the right number and the balance with it. Whereas the Big 12, I think, really needs one more team. And so they're a little bit more desperate to get a bigger fish like Oregon. And maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know what the full number breakdown is, but it's reported that Colorado is going to still going to get like the thirty-seven million dollars yep. from this TV deal. I'm sure Nebraska would be losing money 
But if I was Nebraska, I would really consider doing this as well. Probably too big of a financial I, hit. I know it is, but like you're never going to be relevant in the Big, the big Ten. Ten. Rutgers, like Maryland, and Rutgers, yeah. Maryland, and Nebraska were wasted ads for the Big Ten. So like but, if but, I'm but Nebraska, be, I'd go back. Fight for relevancy and make sixty million dollars, or be unrelevant for sixty million, or fight for relevancy at thirty million. Good point. Like Stay you're taking time. the money. Yeah, you're yes, taking. You so like those teams aren't going to leave the and money. And I think Nebraska generally is competitive in most sports in the Big Ten besides the major two of men's basketball and football. Yeah. So it's I, I think Big Ten schools are sad. SEC schools are sad. Now they might look to expand in the future. I do think. I think this is going to end in the Pac-12 disbanding. I don't think they're going to allow it to get there. Now it, the, I think the Pac-10 could look a lot different. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten. It wouldn't surprise me if. You know, the four corners or maybe one of the California schools in the Pac-12 joined the Big 12. So it wouldn't shock me if the Pac-12 is at some someday in the in the future, let's say 10 years, where you have Oregon State, you have Washington State, you have like a, stat, like a Cal or a Stanford, and then they add San Diego State, Boise State, SMU, SMU Tulane. So I don't think the Pac-12 will die. But I think it's going to look vastly different. It might not die in name, right. but it will die in relevancy. See, this is kind of what's fascinating, too, with the whole college football playoff. Remember whenever we, we were arguing about this the other day? The college football playoff guarantees the top six conference champions an automatic berth in the college football playoff. It's, it's not the Power Five and one group of five. And they did that. I don't know if they had the foresight to do that, but that comes into play now a whole lot if the Pac-12 is a shell of itself. Well, and if you're Oregon, then, do you look at this and say, why would we leave? Because you're going to run the Big 12. No, I think you're, I think you're carrying I mean, too Pac-12. much. I think yeah. you're putting way too much emphasis on a program trying to win football games in a single season where they're looking to make as much money as they possibly can as an athletic department every single year. Yeah, because like, if Oregon stays, like they will be in the college football playoff every single year. Think, no one would stop yeah, but them. Jeremy, don't, I, I, look, and I totally get it, and you're absolutely right, that you would rather take the 30 extra million dollars. Uh-huh. But if you're Oregon and you have the backing of Phil Knight, you know you're never going to have to worry about money in your athletic department as much as you want to be relevant by winning football games and getting relevant games every year. But what if the Pac-12 is an awful conference, though, and it's not a top-six league? Yeah, because then you're, you have to be a top six conference champion. You can't be a champion of a power five. The power the power five stuff is no longer going to exist with the new college football playoff. And you lost it's UCLA. The top and you six lost conference SC, champion. And you're going to lose more. But right now, if they if they make a couple moves, they get Tulane, they get SMU, San Diego State. That's mediocre. They're it's still not bad. They're great. just they're the new American yeah. of what Houston Probably just a, left. But you run rough shot on the American. Is that good enough? No, because you're making twenty million dollars a year. That too, as opposed to sixty well, million. I'm saying, is it good enough for the fact that you win, you get in, and you're going to have a, you're going to be in the in the playoff? No. Yeah. You, uh, get, you guys I mean, disagree. It, I, I think it, it could be good enough, but the problem is, is that the reason why this is happening is because their new commissioner can't get a, a deal. Like they're talking to the CW. I think he can you know get a deal. Who lives on the CW? Live. Live. I think he can get a deal, but none of them are good. Not none I, of them are good. They were trying to sell Deion Sanders as like part of their package to, you know, Amazon and these different places as a partner, and now Deion's gone. Like you've lost one of your biggest bargaining chips already. And even though it was a short term bargaining chip, we all knew that he'd only be at Colorado for three or four years if he has success. But like now the Pac twelve has just made it even harder to get a television deal. And the fact that, you know, not that long ago 
They had Oklahoma and Texas almost on the dotted line to join the Pac-12. So now you're losing Colorado. So the conference that's losing Texas and Oklahoma, it's stunning what's happening. And, and you poached Colorado from the Big 12. And they went back. And they went back. And what's also like, a, like you mentioned the Texas-Oklahoma thing. I don't know how close that ever was. But in 2021, the Big 12 proposed a merger with the Pac-12. Where they're joining forces, they're going to be a, like a power conference. It solidifies both of them going forward into the new age of college football. The Pac-12 turned it down, and now they're losing members to the conference that they said no thanks to. I still feel like that could be on the way where like an Oregon joins the Big Ten or joins the SEC and Stanford joins the Big Ten kind of a thing. And then the, the remaining schools just get eaten. But I the other one kind I wonder up. is... I, I've heard that the Big Ten views like this as a good thing, and they could try to absorb what's left of the Pac-9 or whatever you want to call it. I just don't it. know why they would absorb all of all them. Of, why would you just take Stanford and Oregon? And, because it, it, because the financial troubles that it's going to cause right. with USC and UCLA for volleyball and soccer and lacrosse and things like that, if you have a West Coast conference – of the Big Ten, it kind of limits some of those travel issues that you're going to have for the non-revenue sports. It's start times, too. They, they said that, that it's already messed up with start times. West Coast teams coming to play Central yeah, Time it, Zone Saturday be, games. It'll be hard, but what the, what's going to be challenging for the Big Ten to do that and why I don't think it's going to happen is I don't, I don't know what the Big Ten contract situations are. I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the money, but let's assume it's $60 million per team. Let's assume the Big Ten's getting $60 million to every single one of its, of its teams in its league. You're going to pay $60 million to Arizona State. You're going to pay $60 million to Cal. The networks are going to pay $60 million to Cal, to Stanford, well, to Oregon what, State, to Washington State. I doubt it. And the reason why this really happened is because the Big 12, when they negotiated with ESPN, they put a clause in their contract that as we expand, these new teams get the same check that everyone else got. That was the Big 12. The Big 12, yeah, yeah, sorry. The Big so 12. That's why, so Colorado, that's why they're locked in at the same price yep. as Houston and Baylor and TCU. They're getting an added team fee. Yeah. Like, they're getting an added – like, there's not a sharing of the pie. Like, yeah. if, if the Big 12, the current members, if they had to share the pie with Colorado, they wouldn't have brought in Colorado. But because the, the network said, okay, for every other Power 5 school that you add, they're going to get an equal share as all the other members. They're giving you $35 million on top of the existing deal. I, I think that there's a chance they're going to get more. I, I think they get more, and I just now the question is how quickly does it happen? Is it, is it going to happen within the next two weeks, or is it going to take another off season? Because it's going to come. It's just a matter of it's not if it's when. Yeah, I agree with you. The new age of college athletics. They should just get the European soccer system. Little promotion relegation. That's the best way to do it. It'll never happen. They could have done that. They could have done that with the Big Twelve and the American years ago. It'd be so fun. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What do you think of the changing of college football as we know it? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I think the Texans are doing the right thing at quarterback with the whole sharing of reps between Davis Mills, between CJ Stroud. And D'Amico Ryan, you've been wanting it. You've been wanting D'Amico Ryan sound from the Killer Bees. You'll get D'Amico Ryan sound. He's getting annoyed with the quarterback questions. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.